0: Mark Lawrence, and Joe great
1: Great and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on Just the mark. Back up a little bit, please. You're oh. a little too close. You're within
2: inside three feet of me. Oh, you're social distancing. Just back up a little bit, please. <clears throat> Thank you.
1: That's much better. Greetings and welcome <laughs> on board the <to> W. <laughs> oh, I see. Take the mic with me. Take that- the mic oh, with me. Oh, I'm right? sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, we probably should sit catty corner. But you're in the high risk group. Above 70 is where they say it's. Uh, you get you get sicker than some. I'm not going to say the the <laughs> the D word. D? Death. Death, okay. <laughs> it's a logical outcome for people over 70 who get coronavirus. so Brother, you're you're optimistic and cheerful oh, today. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be realistic. You know, people have tried to be realistic about this for a long time, and the president was in denial for months and months. Of course, now he's on board. I think his advisors told him, look, if you don't start admitting that this is a pandemic and that we should take action, you're not going to get reelected because people are going to be hunkered down for four weeks, and you're going to Still being saying it's just a cold and what did he say over the weekend, go out to restaurants and uh, have go ahead and have fun. Not but as bad as the premier of Italy who said if you see a Chinese
2: person give them a hug. Oh gee. <laughs> this was before the spread. What does that even mean? Oh before it spread. <laughs> right. Oh because he
1: wasn't worried. Right. I got it. Oh, gee. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, the, and the president is uh, doing a better job of this, so we'll go ahead and say that. I mean, it's a lost leadership opportunity, but— Did you
2: actually hear—and I know I know a lot of people who really detest the president, some of them I'm fairly close to—but yesterday, even uh, Governor Cuomo was complimenting the president for the actions he's taken and his cooperative attitude
1: working with them. Yeah, so is it a, a, a non-reelection offense if you deny science for months, but then get on board And then, you know, I mean, he hasn't done so with climate or or other topics, but but he has on the COVID.
2: You have to realize that this is uncharted territory. Nobody knew how this was going to play out. Nobody knew what was exactly going to happen. And, you know, it's easy. I have some people say, well, if he hadn't disbanded that pandemic work group, this wouldn't have happened. Well, it (laughs) would have happened. You know, I I can tell you, as I've said before, I was involved in pandemic planning when I was chairman of the State Emergency Communications Committee. We were worried about the bird flu back then, and there were terrible predictions of what could happen, you know. But still, there were so many imponderables. I remember sitting in meetings, well, what if this happens? What if we do that? You know, until it actually is in front of you, you know, you can't really know how to deal with it. And the important thing is to deal with it
1: effectively once it's in front of you. Well, I think uh, just the opposite of what you said is true, and that okay. the smart no smart people have been telling the president and the administration and the federal government uh, for literally for months uh, since the end of December and into January that this would become a pandemic. It was inevitable, and the president always said, no, these are the never-Trumpers doing this. You know, we have to stay uh, focused on the fact uh, that the economy is booming. That's all you got to talk about, and that, uh, you know, he's the person most likely to beat uh, Joe Biden. On the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We'll open our toll-free lines in the next hour. Uh, not right now, though. And if you have a question for David Cooney, the mayor of Mifflinburg, you can uh, call us at 1-800-795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. On the news line with us now is David Cooney, mayor of Mifflinburg. I'm just going to throw this in as an aside. The last time i saw you you were dressed as a turkey so i don't get to see you very often but uh, we do appreciate all you're doing for mifflinburg good morning david
3: good morning thank you i'm glad to be out of the turkey suit it's good to be talking to someone on the phone about something other than my car's extended warranty
1: oh okay <laughs> fabulous all right so uh, well you're... you know we've been trying to reach you dave
3: Yes, I know. I I have you on speed
1: dial. (laughs) Oh, okay, super. All right, so uh, Mifflinburg, actions taken. Borough Council was scheduled to meet this week. Uh, What is Mifflinburg's response to coronavirus?
3: Well, we did meet last night, and uh, we are um, shutting down some uh, office visits for the borough to maintain uh, the public safety and also safety for the office staff and all those that work in the borough. Um, So... uh, Uh, Our borough office will now be closed to the public access for the next two weeks, reopening on April 1st. Um, However, the borough staff will be accessible by phone or email during the business hours, 8 to 4.30, Monday
4: through Friday.
1: Other actions, I know, for example, in Lewisburg, uh, they're curtailing, their parks are closed and the street sweeping is stopped and uh, the council chambers are no longer available for any purpose. Other changes at
0: Mifflinburg?
3: Uh, we have not closed the parks. We had some discussion about that. We, I did get a few calls, and we have had some complaints. People are concerned that groups of children are congregating in the park, playing basketball, and others are using the park. Um, we, we thought some of the onus of that should be on the parents of the children. You know what I mean? If the, the kids are saying, hey, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to go play basketball with 35 other kids. You know, it's time for a parent to say, well, let's rethink that. This is a time when we're supposed to be practicing our social distancing, maybe that's not the best thing to do.
2: Well, Dave, you have a... Frankly,
3: you know, a lot of our park areas are not lockable or able to be closed down. They're open park areas.
2: Dave, you have a background in this kind of thing, and I look at it from the standpoint of you have a a delicate balance between serving your municipality and and protecting them in a situation like this. Um, Do you think it's going to create any undue hardship on your people by not being able to interact more with the borough employees?
3: I don't, um, you know, uh, generally the interaction with the borough staff, uh, they have concerns that they call about. They ask questions. They pay utility bills. Nifflinburg is unique uh, as a municipality in that we sell electric water and sewer services. So we we do have a number of residents calling with concerns and questions about that on a daily basis. And we also have them paying utility bills. Um, we have drop boxes. You can pay your utility bills by mail. Those sorts of things. So there's not a ton of interaction that is necessary on the borough side. However, on the police department side, as you might imagine, there's a lot cannot be done over the phone.
2: Right. So how are you handling? So, how's your part? How's your department handling that?
3: Well, um, our our chief Jeff Hackenberg has um, some protocols in place. One of the things we're going to try and do is things that don't necessarily have to be handled face-to-face, we're gonna try and do those by phone. For example, if you would call in and say, uh, you know, I had a minor vandalism, somebody smashed my mailbox yesterday. You can give me all those details over the phone, and then a police officer will have to come out and you know, collect some evidentiary uh, photographs, but you don't necessarily have to come out and speak to the police officer while he's doing that.
2: But so an emergency call, though, would be handled the way it always is
3: absolutely absolutely and i've i've spoken to our fire chief and also our ems uh, mifflinburg company 14 ambulance is is, uh, now run by evangelical mobile regional mobile medical services Um, i have spoken to the heads of both of those departments and they are always you know using extra personal protection equipment so um, there's not going to be a great change in that as far as contingencies though i mean think about this this is a a significantly uh, virulent situation we could have uh, members of the police go ill fire department go ill and so forth and contingencies are in place uh, if that were to happen
2: I um, talked to the sergeant at the Seals Grove State Police Barracks yesterday. Uh, I'm concerned about, for our officers, what, what we should be doing down here, and he tells me that for the moment they're still responding to everything as they normally would, but that they carry with them, of course, gloves and uh, hand sanitizer, and where right. possible they're exercising you know the proper distances, but they're still responding to everything. Uh, yeah. You know What protective gear do your officers carry in this time?
3: we have hand sanitizer oftentimes they glove up Uh, you know this is uh, not anything new to police officers are dealing oftentimes with um, people who might be infected with other things you know if you think about the drug crisis intravenous drug users you're talking about hepatitis and also uh, hiv so you know they always have those precautions in mind anyway
1: What do you think of the mixed message that has happened? I mean, up to now the president has uh, said that this was really no worse than a common cold. You have the state representative saying he's keeping his offices open and uh, dismissing, uh, partially dismissing what the governor had to say. Uh, What do you think about this, the fact that it's turned into a political argument?
3: I'm a little bit dismayed at that. I wish we were all on the same page. and I, I am one who is very respectful of our commander-in-chief, no matter who it is. Um, but that said, if you think about the president, he, he rarely in his term in office has said things like, this is not a good time, things are not going well. That is not his style. So for him to say that, I think that should be a wake-up call to every American. When the president is concerned and admits it, it's time to wake up and say, Wow this is really happening.
2: Dave, the mayors have considerable amounts of power if they declare an emergency. Have you declared a state of emergency in Mifflinburg? And if so, what are you doing as a result of that declaration?
5: Well, last night
3: we did sign a uh, declaration of disaster emergency uh, via the Union County EMA. And that does not necessarily affect uh, what we do. I mean, in terms of me using any sort of authority to close down parks or limit access to certain businesses and so forth, Um, That is really more of something having to do with funding. It allows the possibility of getting uh, state funds to reimburse us if we were to spend dollars on this pandemic.
1: All right. And anything else the public needs to know in Mifflinburg about the borough operations, police, utilities, or businesses in the downtown? Any other information you'd like to pass along?
3: Uh, Well, obviously, we're curtailing our recycling. Recycling is canceled uh, for March 21st. And tentatively, we'll resume April 18th, although, you know, we'll take that on a a week-by-week basis. Um, Again, you know, the borough will continue to operate. We are available by phone. The police will remain on duty. They're using their uh, precautionary measures in dealing with the public. Um, So, you know, I I encourage all residents, practice your social distancing, good hand hygiene. Um, If if you are interested in more information, go to CDC.gov. It's a great resource. If, like me, you're more interested in the science aspects of all this, a fantastic website at the Johns Hopkins University, coronavirus.jhu.edu.
1: All right, well, we'll keep that in mind. We've already had some recommendations to so check that out. Uh, please uh, keep in touch. you have any more information to pass along, you now have memorized our toll-free line, even got up early to talk to us, so we really appreciate that. Keep in touch, uh, Mayor, and uh, you have an open mic here for your announcements anytime. Thanks, Your Honor.
3: Okay. Will do. Thanks. And
1: stay safe. You Thank too. You. Uh, David Cooney, Mayor of uh, Mifflinburg. Uh, all of his important details that he mentioned for Mifflinburgers, uh, you'll be able to download shortly at wkok.com on the podcast page. We'll take a quick break. Joe Cant, Snyder County Commissioner, going to be our next uh, call in guest. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We go right to our interview with Joe Kantz Snyder County Commissioner Chairman. And uh, thank you, Joe. Thanks for checking in today. Snyder County's response to the COVID.
6: Well, Mark, thank you. Uh, good morning. And thanks for allowing me a few minutes to kind of give everyone in Snyder County an update here at the courthouse this morning. Uh, it's uh, obviously some trying times we're, we're facing right now and new to all. I think all of us. Uh, don't think I think you'd have to go back quite a few generations to uh, find folks that have dealt with anything even remotely close to what we're dealing with right now. So uh, we are taking this issue very seriously in Snyder County. Uh, we believe that the way to get ahead of this is to uh, take precautions and do everything we can to try and defeat it. Um, and uh, so one of the things I, I've been telling people, obviously, uh, you know, I'm not uh, trying to create fear or anything like that, but just be factual. And uh, I would encourage everyone, if you're watching the news, to, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, Don't buy into all the fear. But at the same time, please do take precautions. It's the the only way to beat this thing is to really watch out, have good hygiene, and and not spread things around. And and that's one thing I, I think people forget. You can be completely healthy and be a carrier of this or any other type of disease and not know it for many, many days until many, many days later. So. If you, if you really need to go out, just be cautious and be wary of what you're doing. Uh, stay in your vehicles as much as possible. Use drive-throughs at businesses as much as you can. And, um, you know, if you don't need to go out, just stay home for a couple weeks, relax, and take it easy. Um, I know everyone has concerns about our economy and our local businesses, and we surely can appreciate that and have those same concerns. And, uh, but we, we want to make sure everybody is safe. So what we're going to do starting today is we will be restricting entrance to the courthouse to Snyder County residents only unless they are here for a court date or for filing a deed or working on a probate issue in the Register Recorder's office. Other than that, we're asking people from other counties if you don't have a court date, if you don't have a, a deed or a probate issue, In the Register's recorder's office to please go to your county courthouse not not come to ours Uh, we've seen a number of folks over the years and and just recently yesterday coming from other counties because their county courthouses are closed and quite frankly we do not want to be the clearinghouse uh here in snyder county for all the other folks that have closed and and we certainly understand why they've closed but we we're here for snyder county residents and if you're in snyder county and, and you live in snyder county and we wanna help you and we're here to do so. Uh, we will ask questions when you come in the front door. If you're experiencing flu-like symptoms, we, we may uh, take your temperature with a non-touched uh, laser thermometer. Uh, and if you test over 100.4, then we may ask you to come back at another time. And we're taking all the precautions that we can to make sure that uh, we're keeping our folks safe and our residents safe.
2: Joe, what what kind of disruption, if any, is there to the courts and the sheriff's office at, at this time?
6: Well, I mean, it's everything's disrupted right now, obviously. And and I think that's one of the things we need to remember this. Like I said, this is unprecedented in my lifetime and and, and Joe and Mark, probably in yours, uh, that we're disrupted so much so that we just need to get a handle on the spread of this virus. I mean, now, you know, now in the news, obviously we've we've got local folks that have been confirmed and uh, we need to make sure that we're taking every precaution. And, and as far as disruptions, I mean, our, our judges have been working around the clock to, to try and figure out ways to schedule court dates, to make sure everybody is being dealt with in a timely manner as the law requires and allows. Uh, but at the same time, we're taking precautions to make sure that we're not putting, you know, too many people together. We're trying to stay under that ten-person limit in the courtroom as well, and um, you know, really restricting those the people coming into those court dates to the folks that absolutely have to be there. Uh, and and I applaud the judge and and uh, and the court system for their work in in uh, trying to do the right thing for uh, protecting everyone here in the, in the county.
2: What are you doing to the jail, Joe?
6: So jail, same thing. Uh, we 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 had uh, the sheriff. Uh, sent a memo out last week already saying we are not going to transport folks from other counties into our prison facility uh, because obviously that'd be the last place that we want this disease to get into because you know once you have a a 24-7 isolated uh, type place like that it's going to spread very quickly so we're taking as many precautions as possible Uh, even taking uh, temperatures of our employees as they come in the door to make sure they're not running fevers uh just trying to do everything that we possibly can wiping down everything we have eliminated all visitations to our inmates and obviously that's a touchy subject for the for those folks that are incarcerated you know that it's same as what nursing home people are going through right now the folks in nursing homes not able to see your loved ones and that's that's difficult so uh we we have not restricted visitations from the folks clergymen or their attorneys but they now have to do that uh, not one-on-one, but, but uh, through our visitation system, through the glass, uh, if you will. And uh, as every person is leaving, that phone gets wiped down with an antibacterial wipe and uh, just taking every precaution we can to make sure we're not allowing this virus to get into the institution.
1: Some counties have activated their emergency operations center. Is that something Snyder County has done?
6: We have not done that yet, Mark. We have talked about it. We have it ready to go if we decide to do that. Uh, We'll discuss that again today. Uh, We sort of felt like uh, if we don't have a confirmed case, are we being a little bit premature? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. This is (laughs) one of the things that uh, even we as commissioners don't know all the answers. And uh, we are going through some of these things like everyone else for the very first time. Uh, Fortunately, let's be thankful that this is the first time we've had to deal with something like this. Um, But we're doing the best we can, and we are sitting around the table working with our emergency plans, working with our emergency management director, and uh, things like that on a daily basis. And and, uh, I know today I've got conference calls lined up with uh, businesses in the area. This morning I've got conference calls lined up with uh, our county commissioners association board of directors that later this morning we have a conference call lined up with the white house at one o'clock this afternoon for county commissioners uh the white house has been very good to to reach out to us on a regular basis and we've been getting briefings from them specifically for counties and i'm looking forward to hearing what uh, the white house has to say today and uh but i i just want to remind people that you know, there's a very good chance, unfortunately, that this is going to get worse before it gets better. And we need to just really buckle down and think before you do something like always, but more so now than ever. And if you don't need to go out, I'm encouraging people to stay home for a couple of weeks and just really try and limit your access to others around you, especially the folks that we know are in that high risk category, you know, are elderly, those with underlying health conditions, and by all means, we've all heard it a million times already, but wash your hands, use, use antibacterial soap when possible, and just keep your hands away from your face. And, you know, all the things that my wife and I have been telling our daughter for years, we're now seeing come to fruition as a, as a society. And, uh, you know, a society being a little bit cleaner is not going to hurt any of us.
2: Is there anything, uh, let's say this does get worse, are there things that you have on the back burner that you would, uh, you would do that, you know, you're not yet ready to do uh, if things do take an, uh, an even more draconian turn?
6: Well, I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions to that regard, Joe. I mean, we all saw the governor's address uh, now two days or three days ago, you know, suggesting businesses, non-essential businesses shut down. You know, he, if you read down into the, into the weeds of that, I'm sure you did, Joe, um, he was calling on local governments, local enforcement, uh, to enforce those, those suggestions. And uh, quite honestly, we, you know, we're not prepared to do that yet. I mean, that's not something we've done before. So um, I think that you know, we need to take a breath. We need to listen to what our, our uh, officials are telling us, but we need to be very cautious, more than more so than anything. You know, watch out for yourself and watch out for your loved ones. If you're, if you have things, uh, places to go and, and things to do in large groups, obviously now is not the time to do that.
2: Do you anticipate a big economic hit in the county, Joe?
6: Uh, I I think that we uh, can all expect to see uh, repercussions to our economy, at least in the short term. But this here's the thing. We can, we can poo-poo what is being told by us to us by our officials and not take it to heart, and if we don't take it to heart, we don't follow the things that are being suggested, this could go on for months. If we do take it to heart and we really buckle down for two or three weeks and get it knocked out and stop the spread and lower that curve that we keep hearing about, that's when we start to recover. So I want to get to the recovery part quicker than anything. I don't know about you guys, but I want to see us start to recover and get back to where we can start to see the stock market and our local economy growing again, not going downhill. And the only way we get to that, in my opinion, and I'm not a doctor, the only way we get to that, in my opinion, is to get over this hump and stop the spread of this virus. And the way to do that is to really buckle down and limit your access to other people around you.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for the information. How are you going to handle it Sunday morning? No worship for you.
6: We, my church canceled last week, and we're canceled again this week. And uh, we're taking this very seriously, and uh, we're, we're doing everything we can. Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say, Mark, that uh, those of us that uh, have a faith, a strong faith, are probably uh, on our knees uh, more so now than ever.
1: All right, and no southern gospel singing for you as a collective group. Your your social distancing's way off during that practice. So You'll you're...
6: just have to listen to our CDs,
1: Mark. <laughs> Will do. Thank you so much, Joe. Do Thanks, Keep Joe. in touch. You got an open mic here anytime. Thank you. Joe Cantz, Snyder County Commissioner Chair, uh, on the changes there. Limiting access primarily to Snyder County residents only, uh, trying to do what uh, many counties in sort of the H of uh, Pennsylvania are doing, trying to make sure that they uh, try to keep as many sort of outside contact with the rest of the world minimized as possible. So uh, we invite you to check that out. Uh, One hour from now, that whole interview will be posted on the WDKOK podcast page, and the information will be there for you to enjoy.
2: And when we come back, I'll tell you a little bit about what
1: municipalities, other uh, have other options available to them. All right, we'll have some open phones as well. You're listening to On the Mark on WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. Uh, please know that you're listening to WKOK Sunbury.
0: Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan.
1: And thank you so much for joining us on W D K O K Sunrise. So we are going to use Sunrise as an opportunity to uh, let uh, people who are taking the coronavirus uh, very seriously check in, announce their activities. We heard from David Cooney out in Mifflinburg earlier, and Joe Kantz in Snyder County. We've had a number of folks on the show. We'll have some folks uh, in the weeks ahead, uh, some of the leaders around here, folks from emergency management and so on so we can keep you up to date. We'll try to keep most of those in the 8.30 hour, so the 9 o'clock hour is set aside to make sure that we get uh, some of our good opinions in and, uh, well, quite frankly, if Joe and I don't argue on a particular day, <laughs> we have trouble sleeping, so uh, we uh, we call each other and disagree about things if, if, uh, if we don't get a good argument on On the Mark, so we definitely would be interested in uh, keeping that aspect of our show going. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open, call us 1-800-795-9565. You can now email us at onthemark at WTKOK.com and text us at 70236. Uh, we are always expanding the news headlines during this show to make sure that we have all the latest information available. The first set of presumed positive cases of coronavirus have popped up at Geisinger. They're not saying where, but three patients have tested positive, presumed positive, meaning The Geisinger test that they developed uh, shows a positivity for coronavirus, but it needs to be confirmed by the CDC. Geisinger officials will collaborate with CDC and State Department of Health to make sure that they're following all precautions. The Geisinger president says they're doing superlative best practices not only for the patients that are in their care, but for visitors and visiting patients that go to the hospital. You can see his full statement at WKOK.com. In Montour County, the Mahoning Township Police Department uh, will close their office and limit in-person responses by police officers. Officers will still respond to emergency and life-threatening calls, but other calls wherever possible and incidents will be handled telephonically in Mahoning Township, Montour County. State Senator John Gordner says his office is now closed and no meetings will take place there. He is keeping a staff on board to handle emails and phone messages. Their website is SenatorGordner.com. That means the offices are closed in Bloomsburg, Mount Carmel, Shemokin Dam, and Harrisburg. Pennsylvania Department of Health says they're working to open public testing sites for coronavirus as more services shut down. The state health systems and hospitals are working to have open sampling taking sites set up and testing laboratories. We'll keep you posted about that. Uh, The impact of coronavirus is being felt in Pennsylvania. A month ago, there were 12,000 claims for unemployment, uh, nearly an all-time low in Pennsylvania. Now the claims exceed 50,000 as of Monday, and that's because of coronavirus shutdowns in Pennsylvania. If you were listening at this time yesterday, state house member David Rowe Called in to make sure that folks are clear on the governor's inability to mandate that businesses close.
4: There's unfortunately quite a bit of miscommunication, whether within the administration itself or whether it is a miscommunication on the dissemination level. But the governor needs to very clearly explain to people exactly what the directives are, and his uh, agencies need to do the same.
1: And he is asking that the governor continue to clarify and that the governor has done. Multiple clarification messages have come out, primarily answering questions that have been uh, posted uh, posed since then. The governor says, as he said uh, on Tuesday, entertainment, hospitality, recreation facilities, community and recreation centers, gyms, yoga, spin facilities, hair salons, barbershops, uh, nail salons, spas, casinos, concert venues, theaters, sporting event venues, golf courses, retail facilities, shopping malls, and most retail are asked, A-S-K-E-D, A-S-K-E-D <laughs> to curtail their operations out of an abundance of safety and out of common sense, and most have done so. Uh, but the governor says that uh, he is ordering a restaurant and bars, close their dine-in facility, and only uh, do takeout. We have Essential Eats posted at WKOK.com. It's a clearinghouse with hundreds of restaurants that are doing delivery around here. I never knew how many restaurants there were until we open up the phone lines for restaurants to contact us. And also do contact us if uh, you don't see your name on Essential Eats and you have one of the fine local eateries around here. Incidentally, David Rose says his legislative office is open and his business is open. Lewisburg Borough is closed. That's about the only other way to word it. The borough says they'll keep a skeleton staff on to handle emergencies, but council meetings, council chambers, commissions, uh, borough boards, uh, the borough building itself, uh, Wolffield, Lewisburg Recycling Center, Brush pile that's an official location uh, Kidsburg playground the green fields uh, meaning the DF green fields named after an individual not the color of the grass all of that is closed no uh, no parking enforcement so free parking if uh, you're taking advantage of one of the takeout restaurants downtown and street sweeping is curtailed in Lewisburg and finally something that is happening and this may be the most important announcement here Northumberland County military share program will be operating next week and the pivotal moment is today to sign up. So if you are eligible, meaning you are a, a veteran in Northumberland County or the family member of a veteran, and you are in need or interested in taking advantage of the food bank opportunity that is operated out of Post 44 today the day to sign up for that. The giveaway is next week, but the sign-up is today. Typically, hundreds of people are involved in enjoying the uh, proceeds of this food bank. Call Dick Simpson at uh, 570-847-1974. That's 570-847-1974. Contact us if you miss that number, and we do have that number posted at WKOK.com. I guess I should stop calling them news headlines at this point, though.
2: Well, uh, certainly we're a rather lengthy report there.
1: Well, we're trying Uh, to keep good information. Good information. Trying to keep people informed. There's tons more at Outbreak Coronavirus at WKOK.com. Yeah, we got three pages set up for folks. Outbreak Coronavirus is there. We're going to set up a two-one-one page for human services and the, uh, of course, essential eats. Well, I noticed that
2: Joe talked about um, the uh, expecting municipalities to enforce the governor's suggestions. You can't enforce a suggestion, you know, and there is – there's some question about exactly what kind of enforcement effort could be made at the local level. I mean, we don't feel
1: – If any, right? We
2: don't feel that there's anything we can do. There's no – for, for example, let's say a mayor in a, in a municipality, a city or a township, uh, there are township mayors or a borough, declares a state of emergency. The mayor has significant powers if he declares a state of an or she declares a state of emergency, things they can do. They can ban assemblies. They can keep people from going into certain parts of town. They can res- limit the restrictions on drug and alcohol, You know, not drug, but alcohol use. A lot of that stuff's already been done. Um, the mayor can order the borough office closed or the township or the city office closed and do things like that to protect the community. But in looking at it from from Shemokin Dam standpoint, and I, I don't know whether that's the same in all the other municipalities around here, but it seems to me that the governor and the president have already covered all those things unless there would be civil disorder there would be no logical reason or widespread violations of Well, oh, have you
1: seen the Aldi's toilet paper aisle lately?
2: <laughs> no, no but it. I've seen the Giant and the Wise toilet paper aisles recently and the one at Target actually had some toilet paper oh, yesterday. Oh, okay, super. Yeah, so I mean, but but unless there are tumultuous assemblies or riots or things like that, I'm not certain there's any more you you can do. We have not closed down the borough office, but th- to me that's a function of the council president and the borough manager to determine, you know, what what uh, what type of hours and what type of situations they have uh, additionally we had senator Gordner's office in our building and you know we couldn't want to close down if he was still open but now that he's closed down maybe that will change some things
1: well and i think what they're, they're trying to maintain an operation the staffers are still working so these individuals don't have the day off you know we talked to a number of people yesterday they're working behind closed doors you know the doors are locked and um, in the particular office that i visited yesterday they would not unlock it you know, I went to the door and said, you know, I have something for the good staff. And uh, they said, you know, leave it there. We'll come out and get it. because, (laughs) Well, because, you know, if one of them gets sick, it's going to be a big dilemma, Uh, as is the case in many offices around here. You don't have a ton of extra staff. No, you don't. And so when you lose one, not only do you put, uh, I mean, you lose them because they're out sick, you you put the rest of the staff that was there, these pivotal staff at risk, plus you leave them short staff. So that's a a dilemma for
2: people. We do a lot of things that don't involve direct person-to-person contact. Like we pick up recycling, but people leave the bags out on the curb. We pick them up and so dispose of them. there's no face-to-face
1: of to face contact. Right.
2: And we up, on Monday mornings, we pick up a tree and lawn refuse that people do you may do have street left. street sweeping? No, we don't have yeah. a street sweeper. Although from time to time, we do contract one to come into the borough to, to handle that type of thing.
1: At this point, you typically have a cleanup where people put uh, unwanted elements on the curb. It's th-
2: well, that's once a year. Okay. And we do a, a recycling. Event with paper shredding event too, okay. uh, which are coming up, and we haven't canceled those yet, and they're not necessarily going to be canceled. It
1: depends, but seriously, I mean, there are a lot of things you can do. if Tell me it. when you do the res- <laughs> the shredding. I know a Shemoga Dam resident with a few bags full.
2: Do you? Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> they could schedule for sometime next month. Mark Lawrence lives on Eighth Avenue. Right? For no, one he day. doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I mean, there are many things that that a mayor can do with respect to declaring an emergency. But most of them have already been done, and unless they're civil disorder, I don't know what more I could add to that by declaring an emergency. And we have a, an excellent fire department, we have an excellent police department, great borough staff, you know, and we're trying to do everything we can to keep them safe and to keep our residents safe at the same time.
1: Well, and I know what, uh, it, like, for example, in the borough of Northumberland over in Sunbury, I talked to Chris Reese today, is they're trying to think this through, what do we have to do, and then they'll do it, but they're not trying to take sweeping measures that uh, that don't necessarily need need to be taken, so that's that's happening there, and they're monitoring this, and everybody's aware of the fact that this is going to get worse before it gets better. Right. You know, this wave of the virus will uh, wash over us, and people will get it around here, but oh. with this stand-down that's happening, fewer people will get it. I didn't mention, for example, and I I don't know whether the governor has this
2: or not. I assume he does. But if a mayor declares a state of emergency and I put out a list, you have to post it prominently in the community of what, what actions you want taken as the result of the state of emergency you declared it has to be released to the media it has to be posted prominently in the municipality but if a citizen or someone disobeys that they can be arrested and fined up to $300 so you
1: can enforce
2: that right so it right the mayor's the mayor's declaration of an emergency is enforceable i assume the governor's would be too uh, <clears throat> would be too but uh, excuse me i don't think uh, i don't think he's I, I didn't hear anything about that. We didn't get no, any no
1: word. No, no nope, We didn't get any word about enforcement at all or penalties or... Strongly urging. Uh, and your police still doing normal operations, of course avoiding is extra face-to-face contact, but still doing normal operations. I, uh,
2: our chief sent me a note yesterday because I sent him the result of my conversation with the sergeants of state police barracks, and he said we're going to follow what the state police do, and I think that makes sense. You, you know, at least that way there's some community of, uh,
1: you know, we're all, we can count on the same things. All right, 1 800 795 9565. Got callers standing by. I got to take a quickie break to stay on schedule. Uh, but we do have some open lines 1 800 795 9565. We have some texts and emails. And so we are going to be uh, presenting all of your information telephonically, electronically, and textually shortly.
5: you mm-hmm.
1: Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Joe, I'll let you decide where you want to go first. Okay, well, we'll start.
2: We have some calls pending, but we're way behind on some other things. Uh, One of our texters says, I observed several younger female parents in a local supermarket with children who were not being well-behaved. The ages of the kids were probably younger than six, and they were doing outside types of things like wrestling and pushing and knocking one another down, et cetera. This was not so awful, except older folks were shopping. The most upsetting to me was the touch of so many items in the refrigerated sections, plus messing with around the water fountain. Two things. One, let's not have youngsters in markets right now. And two, folks, wipe down anything you purchase because it was handled by another person before you got a hold
1: of it. The Giants sent us a note saying they're going to open up the stores at 6 a.m. for senior citizens now. I'm just. That's kind of an odd time because. Uh, well, if they stock overnight, most good senior citizens, I would think, would just be in the groggy stage. There, you're the only one that gets up at three o'clock.
2: Well, the other side of that is they stock the store overnight, so the senior citizens would theoretically have access to things that might not be available it's later in the day. It's a fabulous
1: idea. I, I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying six a.m. is a little early well, for most of the folks I know.
2: I saw an article too. The Target was curtailing its hours, closing the stores at nine o'clock, but on Wednesdays.
1: The the first hour they're open would be devoted to senior citizenship. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, that's a great, great service. Bobby, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting through the break. Go right ahead.
3: Yes. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, everyone. Uh, from I'm going to say from being an
2: RF engineer uh, of well over 40 years, dealing with uh, different you know situations like this. I mean, you know, I'm going to say snow emergencies, flood emergencies, uh, martial law, and all that. Once, uh, you know, once things have been declared,
7: then then law enforcement and not just law enforcement, but then people would know, you know, what to deal with it and how to deal with it. And that's,
2: that's what's confusing about all this, that not everybody's on the same page.
1: Well, I think if you urge, you know, the governor, uh, once his message was clarified— urging businesses to take prudent action. Well, that's not going to go over well. You know, you heard David Rowe who's uh, essentially a political remark, you know, saying that the governor uh, isn't doing the right thing. So he's staying open, but uh, the governor is really imploring people to, to to use common sense. And of course, anybody who has a liquor law or liquor license, they do have a little bit of leeway there. I don't think the governor controls the LCB, but I think his recommendation went a lot farther in bars and restaurants with a, liquor licenses had to take heed but fortunately restaurants are staying open we don't have martial law we we have a state of emergency that's more of a perfunctory thing for municipalities to be able to take some key actions either now or in the future that's happening but uh, we're a long way from martial law so we're not in the flooding of 72 kind of zone. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for checking in. Uh, I would see Bobby at the Dunkin' Donuts in Sunbury from time to time, and there's no dining there now, so takeout only. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for being patient and waiting. You're on the mark.
8: Thank you,
7: John, for taking my call. Uh, just a couple resources for uh, fellow citizens with kids here in Snyder County. Starting today, both Midwest and Sealands Grove are having their school lunch and breakfast program. Uh, Information is available on the websites for each of those school districts. Um, But uh, uh, what I'm reading is for Sealands Grove, starting at 11 o'clock this morning, they'll be handing out bag lunches uh, at the middle school from 11 a.m. till 12.30 at Midwest, they'll be handing out lunches from 11 a.m. to 12:30. Both at the high school. Have you been listening to the station,
2: the, uh, Eric? Have you been listening? Yeah. We've been announcing this, all of that. We we have <laughs> oh, that on all pardon. of our all of our broadcasts. No, it's all I mean, good. It's all yeah, good. it's all good. But I mean, we have been letting people making people aware of it, so you know.
7: Okay, but it is starting today. That was my point. Right. It, today is the first day it's starting. It's
2: okay. It's great. To, I mean, I just think it's fantastic they're doing that for kids. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, they don't that have can, to. No. I mean, they don't, and they're putting themselves at some risk and to be able to do it. So I think they deserve a tremendous amount of commendation for being that caring and that considerate and supportive.
7: What well, I am seeing, though, is, uh, at least for Midwest, that students must be in the car, so they're not just handing out the student, they'll, hand, they'll give lunches and breakfast for however many students are in the vehicle.
2: Okay. You so. mean they're not allowed to get out of the car? It's strictly drive up, pick well, up, and it, go? It,
7: they say if you are, they, they will take walkers, but they're encouraging folks not to congregate, to keep social distancing right. if they need to walk to pick them up. But they are encouraging people just to drive by. They'll hand them to them, uh, the number of students who are in the car. So,
2: Well, that's just great. I mean, it's tremendous that they're doing this, and I, I just can't give them enough credit for it.
7: And, again, a lot of information on both the Films Grove and Midwest uh, schools' uh, websites. So uh, a lot of information for parents there. So, you know, we're trying to keep everyone informed.
1: All right. Thank All right. you so much, Thank Eric. You. Thanks appreciate for checking in. Thanks for being a great listener. We appreciate that. Uh, we're right in the middle for the next email. Uh, it says, good morning. Trump is going to bankrupt every American before he leaves office if he can. Uh, I'm the- assuming this is about the... Uh, a uh, trillion-dollar package. Right, They're going to send everybody a thousand dollars. But what are we well, going to do with do? it?
2: What What will we do with it? We can't <laughs> shop anywhere. Um, you Online. know. Online. Well, I mean, you know, the cost of this stuff. I, I'm. I think it's great that the government's willing to take action. I thought it was ironic. Somebody said all the people who yell about socialism are now b- begging the government to take action. <laughs> And that is, I guess, somewhat socialistic. But I view it more rather than socialism, I view it as being like a commonwealth. We're trying to do things for the common good.
1: Well, this is what the government should do, is help help in times of emergency. Right.
2: I mean, you don't support (laughs) people every day and make it easy for them not to do anything. But in times of emergency, you do pitch in and do what you need to do to help people out. And Dale, you're on the mark.
9: Yeah, I just want to know if our government is responding to news Or are they getting official numbers because someone is echoing bad news where they said the numbers are really high in Iran and the numbers are really high in Italy. But guess what? That's been fake news and it's being pushed around because the CDC has yet to confirm any deaths or anything in both of those countries.
1: Why would they care what happens in those countries?
9: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, who's passing that news around? I mean, is our government, because right now, the chance of you attracting corona is like one in 9,000, and you dying of corona right now in this country is one in 50,000 or somewhere around there, but the numbers are totally screwed, and right now, it's just all about a check being cut, okay?
1: Joe doesn't know how so to I, use his I, phone. I want
9: to ask local government if they're, if they're listening to Fox and CNN and call, because I think... You know, like I said, Fox
2: and CNN are not news outlets. Dale, CNN. where are you going with this? I mean, <laughs> you, you're running in a circle here at 100 miles an hour, but I can't follow you. You're saying that I'm there's some... Who's spreading the news? news and then you're saying CNN. local municipalities ought to do something. About what?
9: They, they're shutting everything down for no
2: reason. So you, you're saying yeah, okay. all these local governments should stay open and there's no reason to close anything yeah. down? Businesses should stay open. Is that what you're saying?
9: Just... Just proceed with caution. But here, here's uh, next. So you're telling me next Saturday the mass graves are going to be uh, dug up, Jeff- or you tell me a check's going to be cut. Which one are you telling me?
2: I'm not telling you either, Dale. I don't know of any plans <laughs> to dig mass graves. Okay, oh, and my because gosh.
9: our leaders are scared at home under the couch, listening to Fox and CNN, and 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 doing crazy things.
2: What crazy no things reason. are they? What crazy scared things are our team, they doing, Dale?
9: are scaring our seniors for no reason. Well, and, what and crazy things yeah. are
2: they doing? And who's at yeah. home hiding under their bed? Give me the name of one of the, these our, leaders. Our,
9: our, our leaders. I don't hear any of our local leaders stepping up. This is the time to be proactive.
1: We've it's interviewed cool. about six live we, on we the radio. We just had them
2: on the air here. Mayor Cooney, uh, Commissioner Kantz.
1: Uh, Chris Reese earlier today. Right. And okay. Excerpts okay. Of David
2: Representative Rowe. Roe.
9: Okay. Well, I'm just saying, what's the are we following Fox and CNN, or are we following leadership?
2: Well, who would you follow, just out of <laughs> idle yeah, curiosity? <laughs> who who is your leader?
9: Word, the word confirmed is the biggest word we're dealing with today. Okay? So You're
2: not answering team my team question. Team who, team What leader are you following? Who is your leader? Who does Dale Austin. look up to and think is doing a good job?
9: Confirmed. That's my leader.
2: There is confirmed. no leader named confirmed.
1: Premier confirmed in, in <laughs> so South you Korea.
9: So you want to keep that you want, you want to say these numbers are high in Italy and high in Iran, but... There's no confirmed
1: proof of that. Proof of that. What difference so, does it make? Like, they it have, I mean, we, have, we have reporters it's there that are reporting on this. I mean, not WKK, yeah, okay, but CBS and AP have reporters yeah. there. Let me tell
9: you something, that Fox and CNN is poison.
1: All right, we Sold got you, you brother. Take-away. Thank you. Well, that, that I, I'm not sure that, uh, that's a good opinion. All right, thank uh, you so I, much. I got to yeah. get
2: home and hide under my bed, I guess, <laughs> as a well, community leader. <laughs> either that or start digging, brother. <laughs>
1: Upper right hand.
2: Uh, this one is really not for our oh, okay. use, okay? okay. Scratch. And you. let's see with some of the others we have. Uh, this is in reference to Chris's call yesterday. Gee, Chris, Trump could discover the cure for all cancers and all illness and the secret of immortality, and you would say he didn't do it correctly because he forgot to cross his T's and dot his I's when he wrote up the report on it. How pathetic. Uh, then let's see. What experts are you talking about, Chris, the talking heads on CNN and MSNBC? Which ones were telling Trump that it was going to get worse? Chris, 1,000 people or more have died from the H1N1 swine flu under Obama.
1: Yeah, he did a great job at controlling it. Not... Okay, that catches us up there. All eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'll take a quickie break. When we come back, light them up. And we have some emails, too. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We're overrun with emails, well, just one text at the moment, but uh, we had a bunch earlier. And uh, that's a good way to be, so please participate. And I (laughs) think
2: the the text is in relationship to Dale's call, and they point out that the World Health Organization is reporting numbers around the world. Right. So unless you believe they're liars... Well, all the fake media has
1: reporters in Italy, too, reporting on this. So So making up these numbers. Right. They're all together. Very busy. And they have a uh, Liars board meeting. every morning to make sure that everybody's well, is quite that frankly, on co- board.
2: In, co- in conjunction with the uh, media board's meeting? Uh,
1: yeah, it's and the same Bar Association, same yep. Bar Association yep, too, yep, okay. yep, yep, yep,
2: yep. Right, Tom started us off this morning with an email, but we didn't get to it right away. He says, quote number one, I don't think it's going to spread. I think it probably will or possibly will. We'll have to see. It might spread a little. It might spread a lot. I really think it won't. Ebola makes you dissolve, but this is like, like the flu. Did you know thousands of people die from the flu every year? I bet you didn't know that. But uh, we are ready. Quote number two. I've been briefed on every contingency you could possibly imagine. Many contingencies. A lot of positive, different numbers, all different numbers, very large numbers, and some small numbers, too. It's really working out, and a lot of good things are going to happen. I feel better now. Trump 2020 and beyond. Olivia or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for vice president just to drive the conservatives crazy. Signed, Tom. Okay. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate that. And uh, sorry we didn't get to it first thing. We have a couple of other emails here that uh, I've got to find the... Where are you, buddy? Oh, all right. Uh, in my discussion yesterday with Chris, I said there were 1,100 cases in the U.S. The number was 4,661. Yeah, I was just speaking off the top of my head. I realized those numbers are were low. At one point, we did have a thousand cases, uh, but it's gone far beyond that. A uh, coronavirus. Oh, I got
1: you. Okay, but okay. well, you're obviously coronavirus. I knew that, but uh, these are people have, that have contracted it, but are not dead. Correct? Right. Okay. Right.
2: Uh, then this one comes in. My opinion: coronavirus was already here last November when flu season started. We just didn't know it. I say that because there are cases that they weren't exposed, were out of the country, therefore it was here. And since when have we become so germophobic? I know they have to put our leader's feet to the fire. They have to do something. But this is destroying so much more than I think it needs to be addressed. I found a, a report this morning on with respect to toilet paper hoarding on Gordon Deal's program. Very interesting. Woman, uh, I forget the lady's name. She was an expert on this topic. But she said, you know, I can understand the shortage. behavior. Yes, I can understand the shortage of hand sanitizers because you use more in an emergency. She said, but you don't use more toilet paper in an emergency. You hope. He, she said the number. Uh, you know, times a day that you need have need to, for toilet paper, and the number of days you need it pretty much are constant. Mm-hmm. So why are you hoarding all this toilet paper?
1: Well, I think uh, it is the self fulfilling prophecy. You know, it's like when there's a run on gasoline. It's not necessarily based on a shortage; it creates one. But uh, you know, and people people stocked on, up on it because they were running out. That's. I mean, it's. You know. Well, it's beyond that. Mark. People. People want to stay. Well, I know it's gone nationwide, but it's. It's not based on any reality. That the only reason there's a shortage is because of the run on right. it.
2: A friend of mine who works at Giant was telling me that uh, when people couldn't find toilet paper, they started buying napkins and paper towels. Right. <laughs>
1: Surplus outlet,
2: folks. You know, and it, it's a shame because. There's another thing to consider here. You start flushing bizarre stuff down the toilet, <laughs> and you're going to create a major problem for your own plumbing and possibly at the sewage treatment plant as well. Well, yeah. This is somebody suggested an old
1: sock if you have to over the weekend. I don't know. Oh, please don't say that. Well, this. corn cobs. I heard that oh, one. Geez. The sewage <laughs> treatment plant. Won't be happy to hear about that.
2: And then Kathy is referring to a letter or to a visit from uh, visit from Our call. State Representative Rowe the other day. She said, I hope that you will follow up with the WKOK response offering sesquicentral. Valley residents' opinions about Representative David Rowe's irresponsible and self-serving politicization regarding Governor Wolf's orders and recommendations. I am shocked that in his response, of all the things he could say, Rowe instead chooses to highlight a partisan, short-sighted selfish response. Of course Valley businesses are our friends. That's why we all need to do our part in mitigating the spread of this disease. Governor Wolf has been clear and neutral. It's time for all our leaders to do the same. Perhaps Rowe and instead of whining, can offer suggestions on how to feed and educate hungry school children.
1: All the Republican lawmakers are keeping their offices open just to just to stick it to the governor. Okay. And Cindy, you're on the mark. Cindy, thanks for calling in. You're on the mark.
8: I Good morning. Is there an echo here? I, I, wanted to sh- I know there are some people who have just expressed some skepticism about the seriousness of this situation, and then you know, thinking people are overreacting. So I want to give you a different perspective so that you can make your measure, right? Well, one of the groups of people, surely we can all agree is, is in um, a risk, is at risk, are people who work in the emergency room because, and I've worked there for many years, you have no control over who comes through the door or the circumstances through which they come through the door. True. And often not always, but often their needs are immediate and they're frightened and they need you to act quickly. So under those circumstances, sometimes emergency room people are not perfect in their self-protection because they're reacting to the needs of the patient or their family that's presenting in front of them. So I want to tell you, they reported today on the news that a emergency room physician has now living in his garage away from his family to protect them, recognizing that he's at greater risk for contracting this illness. Now this is a highly trained person with hopefully the equipment that he needs and certainly more than capable of washing his hands ad nauseum, who recognizes the risk of being in the emergency room and is safeguarding his family in this way. And I mentioned this to my spouse who told me that there are actually emergency room staff in hospitals in our region who are doing this very thing. They are sequestering themselves from their families in order to protect them from what risk they might have may they might pose for their family. Well, first I want to say huzzah to all those emergency room people. You know, they could call off sick. They could call it a day. They keep going in there rec- knowing the risk to themselves and to their family and just taking appropriate action to try to protect themselves, but they continue to go in.
1: Well, most of the and, ER docs I know love a crisis that they can help solve, so <laughs> the last thing they're going to do is not go to work.
8: Well, I know a lot of, when I worked, a lot of those doctors were older, so they would have been definitely in the age risk zone for this illness. Um, but. I just want to say, huzzah to them, way to go, that they keep showing up, that they found a solution, that they can meet their moral and ethical responsibilities. The other thing I want to say is that, uh, reflecting on all of this and the concern for ventilators and the availability of ventilators, I had a conversation with my family yesterday and told them under no circumstances did I want to be put on a ventilator. And this goes to the issue of what are called advanced directives or living wills. And there could be no better time than to reflect on what you want done and make that clear to your family. Whatever your choice is, I can respect it as a human being, but there's no better time than now to make that clear, especially if you're a gray hair like myself.
2: Well, when you use the word huzzah, I expect you to sign off with your, your obedient servant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
8: <laughs> what? Well, which wh- I'm just calling praise, Joe I'm okay. trying to call out praise
2: no and and it's well deserved praise, no argument there. No argument there. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people want to come to terms with uh, end-of-life issues at this point. I think it's kind of frightening for folks to have to deal with all we're dealing with anyhow.
1: Well, and the people that are being put on ventilators now aren't in a hospice situation. It's what it's uh, one of the elements needed in their treatment, as near as I can tell. So you, even if if they think you're going to die in, in your healthy age of, uh, I don't know how old you are, certainly upper 50s 65. maybe? 65. Okay. So... Um, you even even if it's just a temporary need you don't want a ventilator under any circumstances Exactly Oh dear okay And and,
8: uh, and each one of us has the right to make that choice right, no right? Argument And there. that might be our gift to humanity making that choice in advance J- I know you're saying well don't people usually do this at, when they're facing when they're right up against the hard line of the end of life that's true but the best time to be making these choices is when you can make a reasoned choice away from that, and right? Now, you, at can, this time, you can sure. reflect on that. And we, at hospitals, we always ask patients, no matter how old they are, with the exception, I think of little children, what are your desires for the end of life? Because things happen and you confront unfortunate circumstances that aren't anticipated and uh, you can make a choice. So I'm not telling you what choice to make, but I'm telling you, you ought to think about it. What, make, make what choice. choice do you want so that you don't end up Uh, having things happen that you don't want to have happen.
1: All right, we got you. Thank you so much. But hooray for the
8: ER docs and nurses.
1: Amen. I I
2: trust you have a personal representative who can help make these decisions for you?
8: Yep, and an advanced directive and a living will, and it's very clearly written there. I don't want any intervention. You have covered
2: all the bases.
8: (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. There's a worry because sometimes the medical people don't respect this. Gotcha. They don't respect what your wishes are. But I think You know, a lot of people are talking about uh, making doctors make tough choices. Well, you could make that choice yourself and take it out of their hands, and they can just respect your choice.
1: Thank you so much, Cindy, for checking in. Your obedient servant, Mike. Mike Mike. on the mark.
8: Yeah, God bless your previous caller
4: there. uh, One of your uh, emails that came in, you were talking, they were saying that this virus has been in the country for some time, and I'm I'm firmly of that belief. I, I believe that this thing got started back in probably maybe even October, November. I've said this before, and we've had many, you know, probably 2 million people that either came through China or came directly from China and came to this land. So this this virus has been here for a while, and it's probably flown under the radar, you know, because when the people were dying in the nursing homes, it was, you know, just the regular flu or it was their time. So the point I want to make is I'm not saying we're overwracked reacting but we may not be reacting in the properly proper way the people that need to be protected the most are the senior citizens like myself uh, your previous caller the ones that are in danger of overwhelming the medical system okay that's where to me that's where the real problem is if we overwhelm the system and we're we're the ones are the candidates to do that so we're the ones that have to be protected the most and I think we're getting into a situation where we're shutting down our economy. We're going to uh, uh, damage the economy. But my, my biggest concern, and, and I'm not downplaying the risk to lives and, and human health and things like that, but if we continue on this path, which I, I do believe we are, so there's no turning that around, but we, we have to be careful is we do not allow our politicians to enact laws, enact procedures and make decisions that we're going to be stuck with for the next 100 years that aren't going to help us very much, and they're going to make things worse for society. So to me, the biggest danger right now, and this is a terrible thing to say, but the potential of uh, new laws and new things coming out of Washington. That's the danger I see.
2: Well, and then you take Italy. Everybody's talking about how great socialized medicine is in Italy now. I saw reports. I don't know whether they're true or not, but I saw it several places. So I'm assuming there's some credence to it that they're no longer treating people 80 and older, that they're just letting them go, and that's sad.
4: Well, I, I can I can believe I can believe that. And you know, you, you talk about the news. You know, I'm seeing so many things. These pictures of uh, the, the foreign countries that it, it, it looks like they have pristine conditions in their hospitals and everything's great. Well, I didn't see any of that when I was overseas. Now, it's been a while, so I'm sure things have improved. But it, it, it's all, you know, I, I, I'm i catching myself thinking, hey, is this, is this propaganda that they're sending us? You know, and people being on the side of China right now, I mean, in Russia, you know, Russia is trying to bury our oil industry they're trying to destroy our oil industry right now and in our economy with it and and people saying that, that Trump is buddies with Russia, come on, give me a break. He's, he's buddies with the country that wants to destroy our economy? I don't think so.
2: Did you hear the latest out of China? Yesterday I heard it reported on several news media that they're going to back off and sending us medical supplies that we need to make drugs and said that if we don't behave, I guess, they'll make us awash in the coronavirus. These are our friends, the Chinese. Yeah. Right.
4: And, and they're going to start liquidating the uh, treasuries. You know, they hold a lot of our federal debt, which if you notice, I don't know if you noticed, but the uh, 10-year bond essentially skyrocketed compared to where it was this morning. I don't know if that's a result of China's mm. threat or not. But, I mean, we're, we should be on war footing, okay? And the war footing is keep the economy doing and going and fight the virus the best we can by taking the most practical means and not going overboard. That's that's my advice. Now, I'm not an expert, but I play one down at the corner lunch. <laughs>
1: yeah, we play one here every day. Hey, Yeah, me. I'm not a Democrat, but I play one on the radio. Mike, Thank thanks you. a lot, Mike. Good common
2: sense. Appreciate your
1: call. Really okay. appreciate the call. Super call. All right, so we will have time for another caller or reading all the emails and texts. So you choose 1-800-795-9565. Greetings! Welcome back to the KOK Live telephone talk show. On the mark, Joe, take things counterclockwise. Right, one of our emailers says, six feet apart or six
2: feet under. Okay. I'll take six feet apart. How about you? Uh, one this of our was other a text e- from yesterday. Uh, a text or an email? I think it's well, an email. It started oh, out as a text, okay. and I put it on the email. I'm pretty sure the N1H1 was not a novel virus. They were prepared because they had previous flu on the other side of the globe, season, vaccine, in process of manufacturing. There is no vaccine for this virus because the virus is so new. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure of this. Well, we just did quote you. Is Trump mishandling this? This is an unprecedented moment in the history of our country. No past experience to fall back on, learn from, etc. X flooding earthquake, they have been waiting, still are, on an avian flu to originate in China. To jump from Example, f- flooding or earthquake. Ex-flooding? Example. Where's that word? I don't see it there. It's text code. Okay. Example, flooding of an earthquake or flooding earthquake. They have been waiting and still are on a avian flu to originate in China and jump from fowl to a human host. That will be another trying time as well heart or my heart, I believe Trump's first broadcast was attempting to keep our fellow Americans from panicking, like a pep talk. I'm quite sure this man knows his limitations regarding his base knowledge of things medical and is leaving the pandemic to the professionals. Personally, anything Trump does with this world crisis will not be adequate in the eyes of the media. He will fail before it has truly begun. How long will this last? Months is my best guess. Well, I think he
1: said July or August yesterday, right? Till we're done with it. Something in that range.
2: That long. And, of course, they're closing in California. They announced they're closing schools till the end of the year. They're not going to start up again till the fall. You know, I think that's kind of short sighted because you really don't know. I think this is a a thing better played week to week rather than announcing just
1: generally that we're going to stop something for months at a time. 1 800 795 9565, speedy dialers only. Joe Textville, please.
2: Okay. It uh, says, Good morning. If anyone needs toilet paper, wipes, et cetera, Staples.com sells and delivers to your house. The
1: Wises has all that stuff at the moment.
2: And I'm sure Giant and Target and maybe, I don't know, Walmart didn't have it the other day. I don't know whether they still do it, don't or not. Um, one of the, our emailers
1: or oh. texter, says, hmm? Yeah, go ahead. I have the answer to the Did question.
2: Did the President close the pandemic office of the White House or not? I have heard yes and no. As I understand it, what happened is that the head of the pandemic office quit, and then they did not appoint a successor to him and eventually reassigned all the other people to other places in the government. That's what I understood. To That's be. what
1: PolitiFact said. I Is looked it one? up. Okay. It says the term fired needs a little context. It's a strong term for what really happened. Trump recently did create a team to lead the government's current response to COVID-19. In 2018, the Rear Admiral Timothy Ziemer uh, resigned, and, and the team was not selectively disbanded. They all just went elsewhere. The president didn't need to take any action in order for that to happen, but the team did fall apart.
2: And our earlier writer was correct about the avian flu. I mean, that's what we were, we were working on in the pandemic uh, meetings we had at the state on um, uh, back when I was chairing the emergency communications committee. That was a big concern, that it would jump from a fowl to a human being mm. and it would be a real terrible pandemic. So far, thank God, that hasn't happened. But some of that planning would probably have been useful in today's situation had it continued.
1: Right. We have no idea that there would have been continuity there. All right. This text is new right there. says,
2: good morning, everyone. Everyone thinks this will be over in two weeks. Sorry, maybe July. Schools may stay closed until next year. Well, as yeah. I just said, they're doing that in California. Yeah, and that's a
1: it? distinct possibility. So we're, we're ready for that. We're not ready, but I mean, that's uh, we've talked about that. And the president said July or August is starting to look realistic. Uh, another listener says that note. Upper right-hand corner.
2: I want to say I'm certainly glad
1: that finally churches are suggesting their
2: parishioners curtail the practice of shaking hands. I've had this practice as my pet peeve for a very long time. Complaining didn't help because shaking hands is a passing of the peace. Really? Is it uh, passing of germs, no matter how you look at it, any time of the year? Guess I'm considered to be germophobic, but then I admit I may be. I'm glad the Catholic faith was the first to also curtail worship services for the time being. I read that local churches are beginning to do the same to protect the congregation from this epidemic. And Dale and Chris, it's high time to stop finding fault and start finding blessings. All right. Thank you very much. I think that takes care of everything, right? Yeah, I think we're
1: up to date. And tomorrow we may have exciting visitors, right? Yeah, Congressman Keller is uh, trying to clear his schedule so he can visit in person at nine o six, and of course he'll keep a social distance. You're listening to On the Mark on News Radio 1070 WKOK okay, Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show.